Where did the truth go and hide in politics? Well, it's time to find it and bring it back. Welcome to No Truth Politics, where you know truth or you have no truth. I'm your host, Mr. Misunderstood, and I'll be having the distinct privilege and honor of helping you rip the Band-Aid off when it comes to all things truth in politics today. As always, to stay up to date with all things No Truth Politics, you can go to our website at links.thebigtimeusa.com or by clicking on the link in the show notes or the episode description. To help support us here financially, you can go to our website at links.thebigtimeusa.com or by clicking on the link in the show notes or episode description. And once you're on the website, click on support. Well, without further ado, Buckle up and get ready because it's time to rip the Band-Aid off so the truth can set you free. Welcome in on the program. We'll be talking about classified document scandals, Stephen Crowder and the Daily Wire, voters and voting complacency funding Ukraine, rehiring unvaccinated workers whom should never have been let go of in the first place, and much, much more on the program. So you won't want to miss any of it. And right now we're going to just dive right into it. And have you ever been to a dealership? Have you ever been, you know, negotiating or going back and forth with, you know, you don't just walk into a dealership and and see the first car you see and go, oh, I like that, I'm going to pay I'm going to pay, okay, it says $10,999. I'm just going to pay $10,999. You'd be classified insane to be doing that, to be wanting to pay that kind of a price for a car when you innately know that you can negotiate for a lower price, a lower you know value in the vehicle. They put a sticker on there, but you know you can get them down because they're not giving you the full-fledged real uh, real value of what the car is actually worth they're giving you a uh, number that they want quote unquote want to get for it what they think they can get for it and they're highballing you they're not lowballing you they're highballing you they're trying to get as much money out of you as possible so if you go to a car dealership and you end up paying sticker price most people are going to classify you as clinically insane or mentally insane or something along those lines because it's insanity you know full well that you can get a lower price if you but negotiate. So go ahead and negotiate a lower price. So that leads me into the whole thing with Steven Crowder versus the Daily Wire. This guy gets, I don't know the guy. I have no idea. I, I can't tell you I've ever watched a program of his. He, I know, is a strong conservative, apparently, from what I've heard. Very funny guy. That's great. Not trying to bash the dude. I'm just using him as an example because he put himself in the position of bashing another company. Mind you, he kept the name of the company anonymous. They outed themselves and it, it turned out to be the Daily Wire. And so they came out and just said themselves, this is, it was us. This is the deal. This is what we went about doing things. And this is what, and it wasn't even a contract. It wasn't even a contract. So that was very misleading because what it was, was terms. It was terms. It was like an initial offer or, you know, this is this is our starting point. So basically, Steven Crowder could have easily gone back with a counter offer saying, hey, I'm going to be doing this, this, this and this. 
these are all no non-starters for me. So I'm going to be looking elsewhere or just stay independent if you want X, Y, and Z, because I'm not, you know, this is where I'm laying my foot down. I'm putting, I'm drawing the line in the sand. I'm not crossing here. This is a deal breaker. I ain't going to do it. If you do X, Y, and Z, I'm out. And then that's fine. Stay independent or go find somebody else and no harm, no foul. But on the initial quote unquote terms or initial proposal or whatever you want to call it for him to then go on and, and, and get worked up and emotional and, and w- whatever the case may be again, not trying to bash the guy. I'm just, he's the example. Cause he put himself in the position of putting himself in the limelight and, and it, doing this whole thing. And to me, it's just not very smart, very unwise on his part to do it, to, to try and, I guess, pit Republican entities against each other, just not, the smartest move, not especially in the business sense. Uh, and I've heard from various business oriented serv- uh, people on this issue. And if you look at it, if you look at it, take a step back and you look at the issue from face value. I initially sided with Steven Crowder just based on not having a lot of the facts or very many or any facts. Just you see the surface level of the story and you think, wow, this is this seems kind of crazy to this, I mean, he seems like he's in the right here. But as you dig deeper and the facts start to come out, you realize, I don't think, that, uh, maybe, well, hold on, let's halt the brakes here. Maybe there's something more to this story. I, I'm, I'm kind of feeling like I'm signing with the Daily Wire on this one a little bit more now that the facts are starting to come out. Because, like I said, again, it was never a contract. It was never a final offer. It was a matter of fact, it was more of an initial offer than it was near the end of it, near the, you know, the final stages. And he didn't even make an attempt or an effort to negotiate. He just got upset and went on the air and decided to bash the company with leaving them nameless. I'll give him credit for that. But at the same time, you can't just go and bash companies when you don't even make an effort on your own part, on your end to go and negotiate what you think you're worth. You have value, okay? You have 7 million plus followers on your YouTube channel, whatever the case may be, or and, and who knows how many other followers you have on all, all the other forms of social media and stuff like that that you're promoting and doing your doing your thing with and on and all that all that stuff. So you you have value. You're going to bring value to the table. Okay, so they're a company, they're trying to negotiate what's best for them and trying to hose you down. Because that's anybody that wants to make a deal, they're going to try and get something out of you or pull the wool over your eyes to some extent. And that's just business. That's not them hating you. That's not them trying to bash you or one up you or make you feel like trash or anything like that. It's just simple. It's business. It's economics. They're not looking at you as an individual in that moment when they're trying to negotiate a deal and a, and a, a proposal for you and to get you on their team. What they're seeing is, your potential value, your your worth to their company, to their organization, what you're going to do for them, benefiting them financially, monetarily, and so on and so forth. So you have to remove the emotion out of it and understand that it's your it's a business. So on the political end of it, you're going at you know Republican entity versus Republican political analyst, commentator, whatever you want to call them, comedian, um, and you're creating a war that didn't really need to be created all you had to do is just say hey no this is my counter offer or i'm not going to take that deal if you want to come at me with something better we can come up with better terms but if that's going to be it for you then that's going to be it for me and i'll just go we'll just go our separate ways there's nothing wrong with that 
at the end of the day, if you're going to do what's best for you, they're going to do what's best for them. If it doesn't meet in the middle and it's not best for both entities, then you move on. No harm, no foul. There's nothing wrong with that. So, you know, you just can't get your feelings hurt when it comes to these things. You have to remove the emotion out and understand that it's a business. It's the same thing with sports, with athletes negotiating with uh, agents and ownership and trying to get the best bang for their buck and trying to get the, the fullness of their value and potential and all of that stuff. It's the same dynamic in the political realm. All you're trying to do is set yourself up for the best dollar, the best value that you can get because you know that you carry some weight and some value. So the bottom line here is you just have to be able to negotiate your worth with this company. And in my humble opinion, based on what I've seen out of the story, he just flat out didn't do it. Who knows why? I, I'd i have to ask him. Maybe somebody else knows, but as far as I know, who knows? But according to what I've learned from the story, it was the first initial tentative terms. It wasn't even a contract, nothing, nothing like that at all. And he just in my opinion, based on what I've seen, kind of lost it a little bit in regards to just bashing or coming across very negatively about the uh, the Daily Wire when all he had to do is negotiate a better price. Just like I said, going to a dealership. You're not just going to pay sticker value for a car. That's just foolish. You're just not going to do it. And if you do, well, that ain't very good. Uh, I recommend you be a little bit smarter than that and negotiate what you, you know, learn, learn the art of negotiation, you know, maybe go pick up the Donald Trump book, the art of the deal and uh, learn some things out of that book about how to be a better business person and make some deals to, that benefit you. Because at the end of the day, it's two parties, you versus them, and you're trying to get the best for you. They're trying to get the best for them. And you got to meet in the middle. You're not going to get everything you want. If only politicians understood that you are not going to get everything you want. I'll say it again. You will not get everything you want. You have to compromise in life. You don't want to compromise on your values, your, your spiritual, religious beliefs. You don't, you don't compromise those. But when it comes to the, pol the political realm and, you know, trying to make laws and all that fun stuff, you need to understand that when you're signing up for that and you're going for it, it's the art of the deal. You got to negotiate. You've got to compromise. And if politicians would understand that principle and that simple fact, we would be a much better, calmer, freer, less hostile nation filled with people that actually care for each other, love each other, and, you know, show a little kindness because it goes a long way. And you just, like I said, you just have to understand the side of business. And some people, I mean... Like I said, give him the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he just doesn't understand business. Ba basic economics, maybe that's just not his thing. I don't know. Obviously, from what I understand, he doesn't even have an agent negotiating these deals for him unless that's to be, I mean, I would hope he does, but based on what I've seen, it didn't look like it, but I could be wrong and I would humbly admit it if I was. But the point of the matter is, the point of the whole thing is, is that you have to learn in life the art of compromise. You know, they're, you're not going to get everything you want and they're not going to get everything they want. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. You just overcome, you fight the good fight and you get the best that you can get for you and for they're going to try and they're going to end up getting the best of what they could get for them. And there is nothing, absolutely 
nothing wrong with that whatsoever. And so that's my hot take on that wonderful topic that I came across in multiple stories over the last couple of days. And rather really, really shocking just to see the demeanor and the way that he kind of went about it. Just uh, not 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 a good look for him. And honestly, based on what I've heard, and I would have to agree, it just didn't make him look very good. It made the Daily Wire look way better than it made him look. And that's typically how it goes when you get your emotions overly involved in decision making and things you do. It just doesn't make you look very good. So, you know, there's, there's some words of wisdom for you. You know, think think before you do. Think before you get behind a keyboard. Think before you get behind a camera. Just goes a long way. I mean, we all make mistakes. I'm guilty of it too. You know, you get a little emotional. Sometimes you get wrapped up in things. I get it. I've been there. But, uh, you know, you just got to use some wisdom and uh, pray it out. And that, that that's just that. So uh, this whole classified documents thing, it's really mind-blowing to me in regards to what all is going on here now. It's it's coming out that Trump first it came out in August that Trump had some classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. And then now a few months later, after they wanted to torch him and throw him in jail and throw away the key and all this nonsense, um, Biden comes out with troves of classified documents and multiple locations at the Penn Biden Institute and wh- whatever it's called in Pennsylvania and at a home in Delaware and in some garage with a Chevy Corvette or whatever kind of car it was, uh, places that Hunter Biden even resided in at certain times. This whole thing is just like mind blowingly crazy because look at it this way. Okay. You, the taxpayer fund every building in everywhere that these politicians frequent to, to some extent their houses because you pay their salaries. So you fund the federal government. I fund the federal government. We, as a collective, we, the people, fund the federal government. So basically, classified documents, it's one of the silliest processes and laws in the American political system. It's quite a joke overall. I get that some documents or some things need to be classified, blah, blah, blah. We, the people, have the right to know what goes on in our government and what people are doing that we vote in there. It's it's, it's as if... They come into your house that you own because we own their house. Or, I mean, Congress, we own Congress. We pay for Congress. We pay for their offices. We pay for all of this stuff. So anywhere that they store classified documents or that they're supposed to be stored, we technically own it. And yet they're classifying documents that we own because we own the documents. So it's like they're walking into your house or and just you know breaking into your house, essentially, and just coming in and starting to classify all your documents in your house. It doesn't really make sense when you boil it down. It just doesn't. That's that's the simp- most simplistic way I can put it. It just it's silly. It it just doesn't make any sense. Why are you classifying documents that the American people have a right to know what's in them, especially when it comes to not releasing what went on on January 6th? There's troves and troves of documents and video evidence that have yet to been released because the Democrats and people on the left and and uh, people in Congress are trying to protect themselves from liability and culpability from being foolish and saying January 6th was something it totally wasn't like making up certain things and saying it was uh, insurrection, which it clearly was not. It was a political rally and it was a handful of people that got, you know, rowdy and restless and some of them were even staged some of them were like 
um, props for the left, in my opinion, FBI were some of the FBI were working undercover. So why don't we get that out there? Why don't the American people have the right to know that the FBI was working undercover, doing an undercover operation on the day of? Why are police officers letting in people freely opening doors for people to go into Congress and now they're getting arrested for it? The people, not the cops, not the uh, con- the, the police officers for Congress. They're not getting arrested. The ones that are getting arrested are the ones they let in there and now they're getting thrown into D.C. prisons with keys thrown away so that they have no no basic human rights they have no right to a speedy and fair trial they have no right to nothing they're just getting thrown in there like cattle and treated like gutter garbage and to me it just doesn't make any sense that all these documents and all these video all the video evidence from that day have yet to be released now kevin mccarthy finally is admitting or coming out saying that he's gonna release it release all these documents and you know that's yet to be determined i'll 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 believe it when i see it kind of thing because i have my doubts i have my suspicions about all of that stuff going on and i just it is what it is i just don't know that it would be true in my humble opinion i just don't know that i'd believe that uh, kevin mccarthy is going to actually release these documents or the the evidence from january 6th that said that he said that he's going to release I'll believe it when I see it because I just think he's quite the shady character, to be quite honest, in my humble opinion. Not very humble, but it is what it is. It's my opinion and my belief. But speaking of Kevin McCarthy, I just don't understand how constantly over and over and over again, conservatives and Republicans, on they just fall for what the media propagates and puts out there. And they fall for it hook, line and sinker. And I've seen it over and over and over again with people that I know and people that just all over the place. And you take the Kevin McCarthy Speaker of the House, debate, whatever you want to call it, fight, whatever you, you know, war within the Republican Party, whatever the media wants to throw out there and say that it was. I say it was one of the smartest things I've ever seen in American history in my time of being here since 2006. And that's just, it it was, in my humble opinion, it was one of the most American things I've ever seen. And it was a moment in American history that ought to have been recorded so that your grandkids and your great grandkids could be reminded of a historic moment in this nation's history. That's, I mean, it seems kind of like crazy and out of this world. Like that's a little, come on, that's, it it wasn't like that. Like, you know, you're overdoing it quite a bit. But, you know, that it was one of those moments, one of those times in history where you finally saw some Republicans get a, gaining a backbone, standing up and saying, no, we're going to fight. We want this. We want this. We want this. It's the art of the deal. It's the negotiations. That's what the Republican Party needs more of. That's what Congress, that's what politicians, that's what we need to vote for. We need to vote for politicians, for leaders, for people that are going to stand up for honest, good-working, hard Americans that want some people to compromise and make things happen in Congress. Now you have the debt ceiling that's about to hit the wall. So how are they going to negotiate a deal to get the debt ceiling? I wish they would stop with the debt ceiling. We need to lower the debt, not keep lifting it. My humble opinion yet again. And so you take that and you have all these things that come up and it's the Republicans end up caving over and over and over again and getting the worst of things instead of actually gaining a backbone, which is what they did with the Speaker of the House scenario. And situation. They actually, some of them, a few, a select few, like 20, 19, 20 of them, got a backbone for about three, four days and stood up and said, We're not going to vote for you. 
we don't want you as Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, because of this, because of this, 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 and this. We want change. We want growth. We want to see a difference in the way that you conduct business, that the way that Congress is run, the way that things go around here. We want to see change. We want to see improvements. We want to see the, the stuff from January 6th get released. We want to see political um, upheaval in, in the sense that we actually hold um, American institutions like the FBI, the CIA, and all these other or institutions a part of America, the open borders and stuff like that. We want to see some drastic changes, and we haven't seen it. What have you done? Like, what do you stand for? Because if you don't stand for something, you're going to fall for anything. That's just human nature. That's just what it is. So what are you standing up for? What are you fighting for, for American values to further our agenda as a Republican Party to make Congress more functional and a better place for everybody so that we actually can get some things done and not just have left versus right and that's it. And then it's just nothing gets done. What you have now is they get in there and then they say, oh, well, we're just going to impeach this person and that person. Okay, that's just a political stunt. What's the point of it? It's not going to go anywhere in the Senate. So why waste American taxpayer dollars, number one? And number two, you're wasting your own time. You're wasting my time. And you're getting, quote unquote, trying to get my hopes up, but I'm not going to fall for it because it's a joke. You can't get it done. It's not going to happen. So why waste your breath even saying it? You don't have the votes in the Senate to do it because you need two thirds to actually convict. So yeah, go ahead and write up the charges, but you're not going to get anywhere. That's the same argument I made and had when Trump was getting impeached. Like, what for? It's not going to go anywhere in the Senate. You're wasting your time and effort, and you're just wasting taxpayer money, like I said. But the most important thing is, is take a DA, take an attorney. What are they going to do when they have a case or some evidence presented to them in regards to somebody does commits a crime, and then somebody presents them a case, and oh, what's, what's the first thing they're going to analyze? Is this winnable? Is it even worth my time? Is it even worth my money? Is it worth me pursuing this? Because if I lose, I'm getting nothing out of it and I'm, I'm going to end up having to pay out and not get anything in return. And I need to make some money here. You know, it needs to be lucrative for me. So I need to see, is this case winnable? Well, why can't... So a DA and an attorney, they can figure that out. But Congress and members of Congress and the Republican Party and the Democratic Party can't figure out the simplest, the simpleness of, hey, is this case winnable? Do we have a shot? Okay, I want to impeach this guy. He actually has committed crimes, unlike Trump. There actually is crimes there that he's legitimately committed. And we would have a case. But even still, is it winnable? In the Senate, the answer is flat out no. Unless some, right now, unless things change, which, you know, they could. Some miracles could happen. So, I mean, it's potentially there, but then you have to look at it from this point of view. Who's next? Do you really want Kamala Harris? Do you really want that as your next president? I don't. I think that would scare me more than the current one. It, it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't. So you got to pick your battles. What one do you want to go with? So that, that's just the reality of where we're at as a nation. You want to go with what's best for the nation. Right now, none of those options are best, but the one that's better than the other is I would not want Kamala Harris as president. That would be that would terrify me, to be quite honest. I mean, Biden is not very good. He's he's in my humble in my opinion, he's the worst 
we've had in this nation's history, at least in my lifetime. And you just have to figure that out and understand that you can overcome that. You can overcome that if you just simply understand that you have a winnable case or you don't have a winnable case, like a DA, like a uh, an attorney would figure out, do we have a winnable case? The answer is no. You don't have a winnable case in the Senate. So just let it go and focus on issues and things that you can actually achieve and get done and make things better for American voters and this country as a whole to unify and to not divide and to not play identity politics that don't mean anything in the grand scheme of things. They, it, it's very evil to play identity politics, very, very wicked and evil. It's just, it's not good, not healthy for a nation, not healthy for anybody or anything ever. So you don't want to go that route. So, I mean, just figure out what you can do as collective Congress to get things done, to make things better for everyday American lives. There's got to be something we can do. How about lowering gas prices at the pumps? How about making groceries cheaper instead of having eggs being seven, eight, nine bucks a pack of 12 or 24 or 18? Let's make eggs cheap again. <laughs> Let's make eggs cheap again. You should make a hat. Let's make eggs cheap again. I mean, it's it, you, you laugh, but I mean, you go to the store, you go to the grocery store, you fill up a basket, a cart, and you're like two, three hundred bucks. What did I just spend? I'm like, there's nothing in here. Literally, almost every time I go, I fill up a cart, whatever the amount of money is, and I'm like, what did I buy? I'm like, there's nothing in this cart. It's not even full. But that's that's where we are. That's what inflation's doing. It's destroying us as a nation, and we're just sitting here and taking it. And you know, the buck stops. You got to stop it somewhere. So what are we doing to make differences? What are we doing to make change? We're just say, sitting here doing, playing a political game, trying to win one side over the other. And basically, you're doing nothing. You're just uh, do, pay, taking part in political stunts that mean nothing. They're going nowhere and they will go nowhere. So why not actually do something of value, of, of substance, and make a difference for the nation? Like stand up for something. And that's what these Republicans did. These 19 or 20 Republicans actually stood up and said, enough's enough. The buck stops here. We want this or we're not going to vote for you. And we'll be here for 180 weeks. We don't really give a rip. We'll be here for the long haul. So, you know, compromise. And that's exactly what happened. And I was so happy. It was one of the highlights in my lifetime politically, watching it, seeing it having it all transpire and just enjoying every second of it. I absolutely loved it because I'm just tired. I'm tired of seeing this nation go in the tubes and everybody becoming so complacent. Do you ever wonder what it'd be like to be able to listen to each and every episode seamlessly and without the interruption of ads and sponsorships? Well, we've got some great news for you today. We've listened and are now doing something about it for you. Say hello to ad-free and sponsorship-free listening and many more exclusive benefits when you become a Crusader Plus today. To find out more about how you can become a Crusader Plus today, go to our website at links.thebigtimeusa.com or by clicking on the link in the show notes or the episode description. Once on the website, Click on the link No Truth Politics Plus under the No Truth Politics category. Follow No Truth and myself, Mr. Misunderstood, on all major social media platforms by going to our website at links.thebigtimeusa.com 
or by clicking on the link in the show notes or the episode description. And once on the website, click on social media. Become a Crusader Insider for free today by going to our website, links.thebigtimeusa.com or by clicking on the link in the show notes or the episode description. And once you're on the website, fill out your full name and email address in the proper fields at the bottom of the page and hit submit and you'll officially be a Crusader Insider today, gaining you access to insider information, all the latest and greatest new things happening within our podcast franchise and companies, all the updates, promotions, offers, and much, much more. You know, there's something really running rampant right now, and it's really going on a lot in the church realm, but it's also happening a lot in other areas and other places. But I've really noticed it amongst the church people in the church, people that claim Christianity. And it's this one size fits all. I'm not voting for anybody unless they agree with me 110% on everything I believe. Otherwise, you know, it's anti-Bible and I can't vote for them and this, that, and the other and blah, blah, blah. And it, it really, if you take a step back and look at it, the reality is, is if you don't vote and you don't speak up and say your piece and make your voice heard, you're giving your vote to the other side. So essentially you're voting anyways. So it's kind of defeating the purpose. So you might as well just, you know, get informed, stay informed. And doing such isn't, getting informed and staying informed isn't a choice. It's a duty. It's a duty that you as an American and every American have the responsibility of doing. It's not, it doesn't boil down to, well, you know, I don't like politics, so I don't pay attention to it. It it doesn't matter what you like or don't like in politics. That's irrelevant. What's relevant is we don't live in Russia. We don't live in China or North Korea or Venezuela. And I I don't know about you, but I don't want to live there. So in order for us not to become one of those places, we need to get informed and stay informed and not base our voting record solely on the gender or the color of somebody's skin, or all these other identity-based criterias, because those mean nothing if the beliefs and values don't line up at least a good amount with where you're at and why you vote and who you vote for. So I hear all the time from too many people, well, I don't vote because I don't care about politics or it doesn't interest me. And it's like, well, wait a minute. I don't, I mean, politics for me is very interesting, but even if it wasn't interesting, it doesn't matter. Interest has nothing to do with it. Take the feelings out. You need to vote because I don't want to be, you ought not, you ought not want to become China or Russia. So, I mean, it's a responsibility we have. And there's a lot of people in those nations that would be chomping at the bit to get over here to be able to vote. And yet we have a hard time getting what, 60, 65, 70% to turn out for a presidential election. It's absolutely gutter garbage. You ought to have the 100% voter turnout and you ought to be able to have all of those 100% of people informed and not just voting based on a gender or a skin color. It's just mind blowing to me. And so I, I hear it all the time. I hear it in many different areas and avenues that I've been in, in churches, in whatever the case may be, different environments online. It's, I don't vote because I don't care. I don't vote because I don't like politics. I don't vote because 
they don't line up with me 110% on my beliefs and my values. And so if I vote for them, then that's a vote for the devil or that's a vote for this or a vote for that. And it's like, wait, wait a minute, let's halt the brakes here. You know, at the end of the day, Jesus paid taxes. Do you think that the taxes that he ended up paying went to 100% godly things? I would be willing to bet no. Um, so it, it's not a matter of, you know, you're not responsible for what people do with what you give them. You're responsible for just doing your part in giving it, or you know, and voting, you know. So if you give somebody 10 bucks, you're not responsible for what they do with it, unless you know that they're going to go and 100% beyond a shadow of a doubt. You see them saying, I'm going to go buy thus and such with your $10. Give me the $10. Then you say no, because you're not going to do it with your you're going to take my $10 and go do something ungodly with it. And you're asking me to go do something ungodly with it. And I'm not going to do that. So in those cases, it would be a flat no. But in most cases, you need to go and vote. And I don't like to be a you need to person. But I mean, this is some serious stuff here. Some weighty stuff. You need to vote. I mean, it's critical. It's very, very critical that you vote as an American citizen. It is your duty. and you ought to want to do it. It shouldn't even be a need. I shouldn't say you need to do it. It is a need, but you should want to do it because you live in a free nation where you get the privilege and honor of being able to go to a poll and vote and let your voice be heard and make a difference. But you ought not to do it uninformed. You get informed and stay informed and make an actual difference based on the content of somebody's character rather than how they look or what they are, gender-wise or characteristic-wise. Oh, they look good. I'll vote for them. Ah, she's a woman. I'll vote for her. What? Like, how did we get here? This is just utter insanity that we can't, we're voting based on who they are as a person. We're putting Supreme Court justices in position of being on the Supreme Court based on A, she's a woman. B, she's a skin color. Like, what? How about, is she good on the issues? Is she good on the law and obeying it? Not right or left, but like down the middle, like impartially, because that's what we ought to have on the Supreme Court, not just because she's a color of a certain a, a certain skin color or a gender. That's that's insanity. We ought not to want that in our political system on a Supreme Court or as hell holding elected office or anything of the sort. We ought to want real people that vote real hardy issues and make a change and make an actual difference. Can you imagine for a moment, you have a child and that child, you know, picture this like 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago. And that child says to you, Hey, mom, dad, I want to fight for the freedoms of this nation. So I'm going to join the military and I'm going to go make a difference and fight for the nation's freedoms and be a difference maker and a fighter and a warrior for this nation so that we can continue to have the freedoms that we have today. And then fast forward to today, and you have people that don't even go and vote or vote based on skin color and gender and don't actually get informed and make informed, intellectual, wise decisions. Wouldn't I, if I was that kid, I'd be like rolling over in my grave. I'd be like devastated. I'd be like, what? What did I fight for? I fought for this. This isn't, this isn't America. Like what, what are we? This, this is crazy. And so you shouldn't be complacent in, in any area of your life, but I will highlight this particular area tonight or today 
or whenever because it's of value and it means something. Because it's powerful. Your vote carries weight behind it. That's why we want the integrity of the election to be so sound because it matters. If it wasn't, if it didn't matter, people wouldn't fight for it. If it didn't matter, people wouldn't have died on the battlefield for it. It matters. And we ought to treat it as such because it's of value and it, it means something. It means a great deal. It means America. It means freedom. It means life. It means so much. The world looks up to America, at least it used to. I don't really think it's doing that too much anymore, which is just tragic because it ought to. It ought to want to. But we're not living in such a way that or, or, or treating our nation in such a way that nations would want to. Like take this, for example, the vaccines. You're firing people based on the fact they were unvaccinated. And now it comes out that the vaccines are proving more and more that not only they're creating heart defects and people are dropping dead from the vaccines and this, that and the other. But now you could find out that they weren't even effective to do what they were supposed to do, which I kind of figured from the beginning, just from just my perspective on it. I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm just of the mind where, you know, you need to work the kinks out. And if you can't work the kinks out, well, then they shouldn't be performed on humans. It's just that simple. So you, you have these people, they're unvaccinated. They got fired or let go or whatever because they were unvaccinated. And that's unconstitutional and ungodly in the utmost way. So now you're looking fast forwarding past the, the, the heat of the pandemic, which in my opinion, it's over in this country for the most part. You know, you get your infections, but they're not doing nearly what they did at the height of it. So you have your vaccinated, unvaccinated workers and they're hiring them back now or considering doing so. And in my opinion, they should be getting back pay for every day they were laid off or fired. They should be getting paid for it compensated. I'd, I'd go to court over it. Absolutely. Beyond a shadow of a doubt. And so you have these people, but then you have people like Kathy Hochul who says, oh, it's not the right move to rehire uh, healthcare workers that were unvaccinated and fired for being so. And then you have other nations looking at us going, it, we're, we're, it's the laughing stock. It's like, what? This, what is she saying? Like they were fired. They were the backbone of the nation. You like lauded them and, and, and touted on them and Oh, the, the healthcare workers are saviors and, you know, the, the firefighters and the healthcare workers and the police officers, we thank you. And you hold up signs during the height of the pandemic. And then all of a sudden, not even like a couple of months later, you're firing them because they don't want to get vaccinated because they're afraid that there might be some side effects or they might be allergic to the vaccines or whatever the case may be. Personal choice, religious beliefs, whatever. That's their prerogative. They have a right to, to do that, to make that determination for themselves between them and their doctor. And so they didn't take the vaccine and it was shoved down their throat, but they refused and they were let go or fired for it. And now you have people like Kathy Hochul who says, oh, it's quote unquote, not the right move for them to be rehired. Not only is that crazy, but they, or completely and utterly wrong. I think it'd be the right move, but I'd take it a step further and say they need to get back pay. Like they were fired. They shouldn't have been fired. They were the, the backbone and the heartbeat of the nation at the height of the pandemic, and they were treated like royalty, and all of a sudden the vaccines come out, and boom, they're treated like garbage, like scum of the earth, like gum on the bottom of a shoe. Like, it's, it's meaningless. That's how they were treated. And it's just utterly and completely wrong and wicked. And so they need to get their back pay. They need to get rehired first. Then they need to get their back pay and treated and, and apologized to. That won't ever happen. At least I don't think it will. You know, and that, that that's just where it is. You can't say things 
that are just so utterly wrong and get away with it. She ought to be held accountable for even just saying that's not right to rehire them. It's like, what do you mean that's not right to rehire them? Why? The vaccines don't work. People are dropping dead of heart attacks, of whatever else the case may be, injuries from them. But most, most of what I'm hearing now is a lot to do with the heart. And so, you know, the effectiveness of them, are they really effective? No, they didn't do what they said they were going to do. Because when they first came out, oh, you take the vaccine and it's going to prevent you from ever getting COVID. Oh, that was wrong. Oh, you take the vaccine and it's, you know, going to do this. It's the mighty savior of the world. And you get the vaccine and you won't spread the virus and you won't get the virus. Oh, but then it turns out you will get the virus, but you won't spread the virus. Oh, it turns out you'll get the virus still. You'll spread the virus still and you'll start dying. So, I mean, does it really work? You know, this was the pandemic of the unvaccinated. Was it really? I don't believe so because the majority of people that are that have died and are dying are vaccinated. So it doesn't even make sense. So you punish them for not being vaccinated by firing them and letting them go. And now you come out and say way after the height of the pandemic, and in my opinion, it's over. And then you have people like Governor Kathy Hochul who's saying, oh, it's not the right move to rehire them and give them, well, I think give them their back pay. She didn't say that part, but she said it's not right to rehire them. Why not? Somebody needs to have the gumptions and the stones to go up to her in a, po- in a press conference and say, hey, Kathy Hochul, governor, governor, why isn't it the right move to rehire these workers? And I'll take it a step further, Ms. Gov- Mrs. Governor. Um, why aren't they getting back pay? Because they ought to. They were the backbone of the nation for months and months. They were, you know, isolated from their families so that they could perform the duties of their job to save American lives or try to, at the very least, do the best they could. And then you fire them because they didn't mean anything to you. They carried no value in your eyes because they didn't get vaccinated. So they're a cancer to society. So we need to eliminate them and fire them and make sure they can't get any money in their bank accounts and this, that and the other. It's just utter wickedness at, at, at its root, at its core. It's wrong. It's evil. And something ought to get done about it. And it's the same with the military. They finally re- removed the vaccine requirement from the military because, you know, the Republicans in the House pushed for it in order to pass the budget or whatever the case may be. So they got rid of that finally. But what about getting those workers back in the military that were laid off or discharged and uh, getting them their back pay and getting them back to doing what they love? You know, this is a story that isn't getting co- as much coverage as it darn well should be. It, it, it's mind blowing. It's wrong. And it's just completely and utterly wicked to its core, really. And so that's just what it is. We need to fix it. We need to do something about it. And we need to make a difference about it. And then you have the border crisis. You know, you got uh, people like Bill Malusian who are constantly covering the border, the southern border. And you got border states like New Mexico, Texas, Arizona, California, and they're just flooding in here. And then once they get in here, they're, they're flooding in here. And then once they get in here, they go and they disperse them all across the country to try and change the electoral vote. That's basically, they've come out and said it plainly. That's exactly their intent. They're trying to change the, the voting structure in the nation. So they're flooding in a bunch of illegals so that they can do it. And I think, in my honest opinion, I think it's going to backfire tremendously. I think they're going to end up voting the other way. And it's just going to backfire on these uh, Democrats to the utmost. And then I'll be laughing all the way to the bank when it does. I can't say for certain that that would happen, but that's just my belief. And, I would la- and I'll laugh when, if and when it does. 
because it's just crazy that they can let them, you know, have a wide open border and the drug cartels doing what they're doing. And then you have a war going on in Mexico right now that ain't getting any coverage at all. And it's there. It's going on between the government of Mexico and the cartels at full force. And you have that going on. And then you have people flooding in. And then you have the president, Biden, going to El Paso to take a look. And then El Paso is a city they clear out where the, the city, the, the camps, the tent cities for all the homeless. They clear that out to make sure that they could have a good photo op for the president while he's in town. And it's just despicable. It's like you want the tent cities, then you ought to be able to get the president over there and take a picture with all the tent cities. That's what you want. You want these illegals here. You want to flood them in here. And then you, you got governors like Ron DeSantis, who actually has a backbone and takes the illegals from Florida and buses them over to Martha's Vineyard. Well, all of a sudden now it's in their backyard and they don't know what to do with themselves. They're up in arms. How dare you take these people over here and do this? And this is a political stunt. And this is that and the other. And it proved a great point. Yeah, I don't think anybody should be used as human props. I don't agree with that one bit. But at the same time, it did prove the point that it was intended to prove. Democrats are totally fine with illegal immigration as long as it doesn't affect them and where they live and their way of life. As soon as it actually has an effect or an impact on them and their way of living and the way that they conduct their business and live their everyday lives, they're up in arms. And it's just a, a complete and utter double standard. And we ought to be sick of those double standards. I know I am. And we ought to stand up and say, you know what? We're not going to put up with it. We're going to vote something better, something different. And we're going to actually think about and take pride in having voter and election integrity so that we're not having these elections go the way that they're going and being conducted the way they're being conducted. Like we're in a third world nation taking two, three, four weeks to figure out who won an election when you should know the night of. It's insane that we live in the 21st century and we don't know who won the election the night of. We're waiting days, weeks, months sometimes to figure out who won an election. It's absolutely insane at its deepest level. And it's a plan. It's their plan. It's what they're trying to do because that's the only way that they can get things done the way they want to get them done because they know that they don't have any issues to stand on. So they just play these political games because they, they can't go to a voter and say, hey, we're going to do this for you because they're not going to do anything. They don't have anything that they're actually going to bring value to the table. So then they do whatever they can to get power and to keep it. So they just flood in illegal immigrants and leave the border wide open. And they just don't even care. And it's just something needs to get done. So you open the border here and don't take care of our own border and shell hundreds of billions of dollars over well over a hundred billion dollars to the Ukraine to what they quote unquote call a democracy to, you know, keeping democracy in the Ukraine. It ain't a democracy in Ukraine. Newsflash. It's a dictatorship. If you punish or get rid of or eliminate political opponents or sects of a religion or denominations of a religion, which he's done, President Zelensky has done in the Ukraine, you are, sir, far from what I would classify and what anybody with any kind of common sense would classify as a democracy. It's just not the case. You're not a democracy. So just flat out admit it. Don't sit there and sugarcoat it, lie to me, tell me you're something you're not when you're not a democracy. You're just flat out not a democracy. And I would sooner you admit that and own it than you lie about it and try and pull the wool over my eyes and make me, make me to be a fool. Like if you were open and honest about it and then we still supported you and gave you money, that'd be one thing. Well, fool, we're, we're the fools. 
But when you try and lie to us and then get $100 billion and say, oh, it's for democracy in the Ukraine. No, it's not. It's going to line your pockets, probably the majority of it. Like, where is the money going? Why aren't we doing an audit to figure out where the money actually is going or where it went? Why are we hiding? Usually, chances are when you're hiding something, 9.9 times, 9 .9 times out of 10, when you're willing to hide something, uh, something good ain't happening. You're doing something wrong. Something bad's going on. Something fishy. Something don't smell good. So let's get to the bottom of it. Let's audit. Where'd the money go? Why are we still spending money on the Ukraine? The Republicans need to wake up because they've been duped in the House and in the Senate. And Mitch McConnell needs to get ousted because he's just, he's no good no more. He, he doesn't have a backbone. He, has no, he, has, he stands for nothing. And so he's falling for anything as the same, at least, you know, um, Kevin McCarthy, mind you, I don't, I don't know the guy. I've heard he's nice as a human being. I have no idea. Never met him. I just know that he doesn't really stand for much. So for the 1920 Republicans to get him to actually have, you know, stand up for something or fight for something, and then for him to agree to it, great. Let's hold him to it now. Hold his feet to the fire. And let's actually make a difference and do something great for the nation and for the people of this great nation. And let's do something. Let's make change. Let's get the FBI looked into because shady stuff's been going over there for far too long. Like you're raiding houses of people, of political opponents, like we're living in uh, Brazil or that, because that's literally going on over there. It's third world nations. It happens all the time. Another party will come in and win and then they'll arrest the political opponent that they, that they just beat, whether it be right away, later on, whatever the case may be. It happens in third world nations all the time. It's nothing new. But for it to be happening in America, that's very new and it's wrong and it's evil and it's wicked and it not to be the case. And we ought to fight for it not being the case because we're a free nation and we ought to want to have freedom. We ought to want to have closed borders. Okay, let's take, for example, open borders is the equivalent of saying, hey, we're going to take the walls off your house and you're going to have all the amenities. You're going to still have bedrooms. You're still going to have a kitchen. You're still going to have bathrooms. You're just not going to have any walls. And people can come and go whenever they want, however they want. They can eat you out of house and home, and they're not going to have to pay a dime. That's exactly what you do when you have open borders. Your house is being ransacked. You're having no walls around your house. You're letting people come and go as they please and leech off of people, taxpayers, and using their money to be able to get fed, get clothes, get shelter, and all the things that they need to live everyday lives. and they're here illegally. They didn't come the right way. There's nothing wrong with legal immigration. There is everything wrong with illegal immigration. If you're willing to come to a country or a place or anywhere illegally, and you're not welcome, you're not invited, you're breaking the law, then you ought to be kicked out. And it's just that simple. And why, why is that such a hated point or a political point when it's nothing to do with politics whatsoever? It's got nothing to do. It's not political. If somebody came into your house and said, walked up to you, the mayor came or, or you know, a neighbor came and said, hey, we just passed a city ordinance today. Everybody, you've got to remove the walls from your house because everybody's got to be able to access your food, your shelter, your clothes, your everything, your car. They have to have free reign. In, or, in order to be able to live, they have to have free reign of everything you own. You would say no because that's my house. That's my, those are my clothes. That's my food. That's my car. And I bought it and I pay for it and they're not going to be able to touch it. Okay, well, then why can't we say that about our borders? It's the same thing. So 
let's fix it. Let's get some results. Let's do something about it. And let's, I don't know about building a wall, but let's do something about getting border security. You can spend money in the Ukraine for their borders because their borders matter over in Europe, but our borders mean nothing over here. It doesn't make any sense. It's a double standard. You need to be able to take care of your own first. A biblical principle is plain and simple. You need to have your own house in order and your own things, your own ducks in a row before you ever consider taking care of somebody else's house or somebody else's things or somebody else. If you can't get your own stuff in order, well, you ought not to be doing anything else because the main priority ought to be you and your family as far as getting the essentials, the necessities, and then... then you help other people, but you don't help other people before you help yourself and leave yourself homeless or without basic everyday essentials and necessities. It just doesn't make any sense. It's just basic common sense and principles. And so that's just what it is. We ought to be able to stand and say, you know what, we're enough's enough. We're not going to put up with this. We're going to fight for our freedoms. We're going to fight for what we believe in, and we're going to stop paying for, we're going to put America first. There's nothing wrong with putting your own country first. There's nothing wrong with putting your own family first for the essential things. I'm not saying that you should always be first in the sense that you're selfish and greedy and nobody ever gets helped by you at all. There's balance, but you ought to be able to take care of the essential things for you and your family first before you ever consider helping anybody else out. That's just biblical basic principles. And if you can't do that, then you're doing it wrong and it's backwards and we ought to be able to fix it and figure it out. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, you got this infighting politically and you've got people on both sides that they bash each other. They talk down to each other. They won't vote for their fellow party men, you know, because they don't this, they don't that. They're not conservative enough. They're too conservative. They're this or that. They're too liberal. They're not liberal enough. And it's like, how about we just take a step back as a nation and realize that we're all human beings trying to do the best we can to make it each and every day so that we can provide the best future for the ones we love and actually want to have a legacy. What legacy are you going to leave for the next generation? And you ought to want to have a next generation. You've got companies nowadays that are paying for people to to abort their babies. Again, as I said earlier, what nation is this? where we're okay with that, where we're okay with transgendered people having showtimes with children in libraries or at drag shows with children. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not sorry that I'm not okay with children being used for your sexual pleasure, for your sexual fantasies. It doesn't make any sense. You have shop teachers in Canada with breasts the size of Alabama and they're prosthetic breasts and they're a shop teacher like that's not even i'm sorry i've been in a shop class you i mean they have strict dress code about you got to have your you can't wear bracelets you can't have necklaces on you can't have you know loose jewelry and this that because the stuff gets caught in the machinery you're going to be goners you'll be losing body parts and yet this teacher in ontario and canada can totally have these prosthetic breasts and oh that's okay because we can't get on to him because it's not politically correct for us to say anything. And it's like, you can't even tell the teachers they have a, they need to have a dress code, but children have a dress code. But for some reason, teachers don't. They're not held to a higher standard than even the children. Like, what world are we living in here? And this is stuff that we need to get informed and stay informed 
and hold people, their feet to the fire and make changes. And it starts with getting involved at the local level. Start at the local level. Get involved in your city, in your town, and start holding people at the school boards, people at the city council, mayors, you know, county officials, governors, representatives and senators at the state level. Hold these people accountable and tell them we're not going to stand for this. We're going to want change for the betterment of this world, of our country, of our city, state, county, country, all of it. We want change and we want it to be different. And it can be different. Yes, I understand God is in control at the end of the day, but we can make a difference by actually getting informed, staying informed and doing something about it rather than just talking about it. Don't talk about it, be about it. So yeah, it's okay to talk, but back up the talk with actually doing something about it and making a difference by getting involved. And it starts with voting and it starts with, well, it actually starts with getting informed and then voting and then getting involved at your local city, county, state, and federal level. And you'd be amazed at the change that can happen because change can happen. So believe it because it can and it will if you want it to, but it starts with you. So let's make it happen. Let's get rid of these people that don't believe in the fact that unvaccinated workers should have a right to, to work again and or get back pay or voting for politicians that fund the Ukraine and their borders, but neglect our own homeland, our own borders, and don't really care and say the border's not open. There's not a problem at the border. When you know there's a problem at the border and they're just flat lying to your face because they just don't care. They've got power. They know you're not going to do anything about it. But what they don't know is that you got they're waking up the sleeping giant and it's going to get ugly for them because people are, people are at the point where it's enough's enough. I'm going to vote and I'm going to do something. I'm going to get informed. And I'm going to stay informed and I'm going to do something. And I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it in the news. I'm seeing it with parents that are fed up with the, the kids and the, and the sexual stuff being taught in the CRT and the sexual uh, transgenderism being taught and the wokeism in the classroom. And you've got good governors like Ron DeSantis fighting for this stuff. And in Virginia, you've got great governors in certain states that are standing up and saying, enough's enough. We're done. We're not doing it this way anymore. And praise God for those people. And we need more of them. There's not enough. There is just not enough because of the complacency within this country, within the local county, uh, local, which would be city, then county, then state, and then federal level. People are just, we've gotten too complacent and we need not to be complacent anymore. We need to fight. We need to get in there and we need to fight. And when you don't feel like fighting, pray and pray that you get the strength from the Lord to fight. Because I'm talking, we need, we're in a war. It's a spiritual war going on in this nation. That's what it is. I hear Jason Whitlock talking about that all the time. And he's, he, he couldn't be more right. We're in a spiritual war in this nation. And the fabric of the nation is at stake. And I'm not overstating that. It's the 100% truth. And we need to fight. And we need to stop with the infighting and the bickering over meaningless things that don't mean much in the grand scheme of things. And we do need to keep the fighting going when it actually means there's a war or a battlefield worth dying on. Like in the case of the Speaker of the House, that was a battlefield worth dying on. And I don't care what anybody says, because that just was what it was. You, Republicans had every right to fight for everything they fought for and to get it good for them. 
absolutely. They ought to be allotted. They ought to be applauded. They ought to be getting some kind of an award for actually having a backbone and standing up and saying, you know what, we're going to do something different. We're actually going to say, you know what, you're not getting this job until you can prove that you you deserve it and you're going to earn it because you're not, these jobs aren't given, they're earned and you earn them every day you work. You're earning that job title. Speaker of the house, that's not a light job. That's your third in command. So, you know, president and vice president, God forbid something happens to them, you're next up. That's a very important role. And I think people don't really pay attention to how vital and critical that role really is. It is a powerful position to be held. And so you need to, it needs not be taken lightly. And so, you know, let's, let's fight for freedom. Let's fight for each other. Let's love with unconditional love, not this flippant, well, I love you. I hate you. I love you. I hate you. That's, you know, some real genuine God fearing love of man, of this nation, of God. We got to put God back in our lives, back in our government, back in our schools, back. You, you take the Bible out of schools and go look at the statistics of what's gone on evil wise and wickedness wise and sin wise in the schooling system since the Bible and prayer have been taken out. Go look it up. You'd be, sh- you'd be blown away and shocked at the absolute raw data that would be before your eyes. Go look it up. I highly, highly recommend you go look it up. It will transform the way you look at life as in this nation. And I do not under I do not understate that. I cannot overstate that enough. Well, I'm not overstating it. I can't understate it or whatever you want to call it. But that's that's so that's where we are. And you know, it can get better. There is hope. You know, you hear the news and it's just constant negativity. You just feel like gosh, nothing's ever going to get changed. Only going to get worse. I I just don't get it. Like, I just can't deal with this and blah, blah, blah. You know, it is tough to watch the news or to read it a lot of the times because it is a lot of negativity, but it's stuff you just have to get informed. You have to get through it, tough it out because you need to be informed as an individual in this nation. And I'm not saying go from one extreme to the other where you're not informed at all. Now you're just 24 seven soaking it all up. That's just, you're going to be overwhelming yourself to the point of not being in a good place. So there's balance to everything. Use wisdom and just figure out what's best for this nation and how you can make the best choices for you and your family and, you know, get informed and make some educated, educate yourself and get informed. But education is primary when it comes to what you're going to do when you vote for who you vote for. And so that's just what it is. You can't just blindly vote. Take the blinders off and actually vote when you can see. Because if you can't see figuratively, not literally, but if you can't see who you're voting for, yikes. So, you know, let's wrap up this episode with the hope of the day. Because like I said, there is still hope in this and for this nation. And there's good people doing good things. So let's get from the story I found it on Fox News, and it is a story about an Amazon delivery driver. He's going to share his harrowing ordeal after falling 13 feet into a septic tank. And I'm just going to read this for you verbatim from the Fox News website. So here we go. Amazon driver Charles, I cannot pronounce the last name, I'm sorry, recounted a terrifying moment after he recently fell 13 feet into a septic tank while delivering a package in Apple Valley, California. 
He said he noticed a hole in the ground as he approached a customer's property, and on the way back to his truck, the ground underneath him suddenly gave way. Even though I kept a bit of a distance from the hole, I still managed to fall in because of the ground collapsing under my feet, he explained Tuesday on Tucker Carlson tonight. In a viral video, he is seen standing surrounded by clay-colored dirt and large roots. I tried using these roots around me to get out, but it just pulled more dirt on top of me, he said. I just called dispatch, so hopefully they are going to get the cops or the fire department here because I definitely won't want to try to climb... I definitely don't want to try climbing out on my own again. After he was rescued, he said he went home, took a shower, and went right back to work. And the host, Tucker Carlson, asked if he considered calling it a day after having a beer instead of returning to work. I did consider it, he responded. However, he shared he was taught to always accomplish his mission in the Marine Corps, and that played a big part in his decision to return to work. Another big thing is that had I not completed my route or attempted to at least or attempted to, at least other drivers who had already been out there and done their entire routes would get stuck having to finish my route, he said. And I just didn't think that'd be fair to them either, but I did voluntarily offer to take my route. That's just incredible. Falls in a hole 13 feet deep, gets rescued out, showers up, and goes and finishes his route so that he selflessly couldn't be okay with letting somebody else finish his route after they've already done all their work. So he just toughed it out so that the other people wouldn't have to come in and step up. You know, there's good people in this nation still, you know, everyday hardworking Americans, there's good people doing good things. The majority of us in America are still good at, at our core and want the best for our families, want the best for this nation. And that's good news. That's great news. And we ought to rejoice in that. And we ought to take solace in that. And knowing that we do have a good core of people that actually still want to make an impact and a difference for the betterment of the nation to be thriving and not just surviving. Because surviving is one thing as a people, but you ought not to want to just survive. You ought to want to thrive and actually make a difference because that's just what it is. You ought to be able to wake up every day and be able to go to bed at night, lay your head down on the pillow and say, I accomplished something good today. I got informed. I stay informed politically and, and, and did some other things, you know, went to work, did made some money, did some good things there and made a difference. Like what impact is your life leaving when you die? Who would show up at your funeral? That's just a simple question to ask yourself. And you ought to be able to ask yourself at night and reflect on the day. I recommend it highly to reflect on the day and ask yourself, what difference did I make in the world today? What impact, if I were to die in my sleep tonight, what impact would, I, would my life have made in the world for the people in my life and for people that aren't even in my life? What difference did I leave the world a better place than when I came into it? That's a good question to ask yourself. And politically speaking, we can do that by, again, I'm staying this overstating it because it needs to be by getting informed, getting educated and making informed voting decisions at your local, which would be city, county, state and federal level. There would be massive change in this nation if you do that. It starts with you. So take that first step of getting informed and educated and then staying there and making great choices when it comes to voting, your conscience, voting your heart, voting what you believe. That's very powerful. And I do agree with that 100%.
but make sure that, uh, you know, like I said, looking at the news every day, it's not always all, it's not all roses and flowers and lollipops. I'll tell you that it's a lot of roughness, but it's a needed thing. You, it's not something that, well, I do it cause I enjoy it. It's something that you do it because it's a duty and you're responsible for the way you vote. And you, you'll most likely be held accountable for it. If not here, then by God. So let's, let's make it count, make that vote count. And I'll leave you with this for, for words of wisdom, make your vote count by getting informed and getting educated and then staying there. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. No Truth Politics is created, recorded, edited, and produced by our production company, Pearly Gates USA, which is owned and operated by our parent company, The Big Time USA. Make sure that you follow the podcast and turn notifications on by hitting the icon so that you get alerted about every new episode as soon as it's released. Do you hate listening to ads and sponsorships? Well, say hello to ad-free and sponsorship-free listening and more exclusive benefits when you become a Crusader Plus today. To find out more about how you can become a Crusader Plus today, please go to our website at links.thebigtimeusa.com or by clicking on the link in the show notes or the episode description. And once you're on the website, click on the link No Truth Politics Plus under the No Truth Politics category. To make a one-time financial gift, you can go to our website at links.thebigtimeusa.com or by clicking on the link in the show notes or the episode description. And once you're on the website, click on support. With your financial support, you make all of this possible. So thank you. Well, the Band-Aid has officially been ripped off. So it's time to ask yourself one final question. Has the truth set you free so that you can be free indeed? For myself, Mr. Misunderstood, and the rest of our team here at Pearly Gates USA and the Big Time USA, thank you so much for your loyal listening, and we look forward to you listening again next episode.